Welcome to Legacy Leaders podcast and TV show. It's Isabella Lundberg and I am having very special guests that I'm absolutely thrilled to speak this morning. Um, my guest today is Mr. Tom O'Neill, who is working uh, at Saddleback Memorial in Laguna Hills in California. And that particular hospital is part of Memorial Care in Long Beach on Orange Coast. Tom, welcome. <laughs> Good morning, Isabella. How are you this morning? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm doing great. I know that um, you've been extremely busy, obviously, as a frontline worker and working in very interesting capacity and actually magnitude of different things that you're doing. Do you mind sharing what exactly that looks like? Well, what we're doing currently, what we, yeah, what, we, yeah, what we're doing currently, three, four weeks ago when it was determined that we would not be doing any more elective procedures. I work in the cardiac cath lab. We do cardiac intervention, uh, peripheral, neurointervention, diagnosis, pacemakers. Uh, so four weeks ago was decided that no more electors. So we've, we've been doing two to three cases a day in-house patients or maybe a dialysis patient that has a uh, graft that's clotted. But other than that, we've been uh, kind of dispersed to the different entrances of the hospital mm-hmm. and uh, serving the role and capacity of screening uh, employees or uh, visitors as they come in to the hospital, a series of questions which has expanded as time has uh, progressed. And I was usually like four questions out of their 10 symptoms and then uh, take the temperature if they're within range and proceed to work. And if not, there's a policy in place where you, there's a form that's filled out that's sent to the manager and then they're uh, instructed to go home and call uh, human resources and uh, self-quarantine for two weeks. Wow. So seems like a lot of shifts and changes. So somebody who was started to help uh, matters of the heart, uh, now you are doing uh, matters of the heart in many different ways, right? Not in typical traditional yeah. one that you've been trained. Do you mind just quickly sharing with the audience, how did you actually get into uh, addressing matters of the heart and getting in radiology uh, and cardiology and all of that? Sure. Sure. When I was, uh, I guess it was 18, uh, my, my mother was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And uh, one, of, one of the modalities that was used to diagnose and plan her care was a cerebral angiogram. And my parents were divorced when I was young. I was the oldest child, so I was one interacting with the physicians at that time and helping to make decisions upon how to proceed treating her. The, the, the cerebral angiogram fascinated me, and uh, she had, a, of course, she had a mild stroke during the cerebral angiogram. But if I could be in a position where I could possibly help other people with that at some point and maybe prevent somebody from having a stroke, mm-hmm. be a great career. So that, that's what initially interested me. Wow, that is a beautiful story. And, and usually uh, it's always something close to home, right? That makes choices and decisions, who we want to be when we grow up. And then you never thought, I'm sure, and imagine how uh, today implications of current crisis and things that we're dealing with are affecting other people and how you can actually are serving in multiple different capacities. Uh, obviously, your day-to-day drastically changed. And uh, do you mind just sharing a little bit how the uh, crisis kind of escalate? How was to see that from uh, originally uh, starting to see some cases in the United States to the full-blown coronavirus infections and orders and specific implications in where you are in Orange County? Sure, sure. I um my myself, I think people that I was spending time with at that time really 
didn't start paying too close of attention to this maybe five weeks ago. Prior to that, it seemed as if the media was maybe just using some media hype to make it more than what it was. And it, uh, it didn't become too much on the forefront of mind until the NBA season. I'm not a basketball fan, but when the NBA season uh, was canceled and then a number of, there was a series of progressions after that that the season were canceled, uh, stores were closing. I believe it was that following Monday when it was uh, determined that we wouldn't be doing elective cases. Uh, and and my, my, the lady that directs, the director of our department was uh, wise in that she created a float pill, a labor pool real quick uh, it, to help provide us with hours. Uh, then just, it's just, it, initially it's, it, it had changed multiple times a day, every few hours, the uh, criteria, the procedures were, were changing. There was a lot of fear. People were fearful uh, how we might treat a STEMI. There, there was not adequate time to, to test a patient. Uh, mm -hmm. with the, so how would we treat a STEMI? So we've added a fifth person that is now on call with us to be a clean person that can be outside of the room and hand stents or hand different product into the room. So the, all of that has uh, improved throughout, but the, the first few weeks it was uh, pretty, it was organized chaos. It was, it was chaotic. <laughs> CDC was changing rules or changing rules. Now it feels pretty comfortable, like as if there's a, a good plan in place. We have, we have not seen a big surge at uh, Saddleback. I'm, I'm not, I don't know why. There's a large uh, retirement community uh, mm -hmm. that Laguna Woods, that uh, real close to Saddleback, we service a lot of the people, and they, they shut down really early. So I, I believe that a lot of the social isolation that has occurred. And, I mean, the sooner that was started, the, the less problems we see. Mm. Uh, we, we've been pretty fortunate at Saddleback thus far. I know our sister hospital in Long Beach is uh, a significant number of more patients than what we do. I speak to colleagues in LA. LA sounds like it's getting hit pretty hard. Nobody's doing cases right now as far as elective in the gap lab. Yes, and that seems it's across the country unless it's obviously an emergency and then we see domino effects. And you just mentioned that you are actually having residential very close, one of the most vulnerable population, which is elderly retirees and people with uh, multiple chronic illnesses or, or, or serious conditions beside also vulnerability of the age group that belong to. So and we've seen a lot of outbreaks in, 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 in nursing homes, et cetera. So you guys think that um, nursing homes around in that area are handling things very well uh, based on it's, indicators <laughs> at the moment? No, it's interesting you bring that up. There, there are two of the nurses that work with us in the cardiac cath lab came from other backgrounds, one many years in the ICU, another uh, many years in the ER. So they've been more of a leadership role capacity throughout this, uh, helping coordinate the screenings and scheduling. But uh, Jill is one of the nurses was speaking yesterday about the nursing homes and the community and how good of a job that was done preemptively mm. to help ensure that they had everything they needed, sanitizer, these were well taken care of. And she even suggested so we should probably make another uh, circle, go through those nursing homes again close by, make sure they're still okay. And if there's anything we could do to help them be more preventative. So I think they really did a good job initially because there are quite a few around us. 
That is fantastic. It's great to hear that you guys are also stepping up in your immediate uh, nearby community because uh, as we're seeing right now, demographics and death toll in United States and percentage of that that falls under that group, it's very, very alarming. And knowing also some of the owners of the facilities, uh, some facilities are trying to do the best, but they're don't have necessarily all the resources available. So it's always a combination of different things, but it will be great to know what those best practices are. And it's great to see, uh, again, a much bigger reach in community sense. So that's fantastic. Um, in terms of now what is happening in a hospital, obviously, um, I'm seeing a lot of different reports and I'm really curious to see, you were mentioning also that you've been dealing a little bit in ER department and helping with pre-screening of the new patients, uh, kind of on the front line actually, you know, because you don't know what you're dealing every day today and things are changing minute by minute. So do you mind sharing what do you see uh, that is happening in the front line um, these days? With uh, staff, with uh, With both, all, internally all and externally. Uh, both perspective will be great because obviously now you guys are more than one month into it. <laughs> Uh, this is not anymore mm -hmm. just a short sprint. This is not something that's going to go away. We're kind of prepping for a marathon, right? For strong endurance. Oh, yeah. We need to kind of shift our mindset. So I'm just curious, uh, uh, some, what do you see? What do you feel comfortable that you can share on both lines, externally for people that are coming in, seeking help, and then also the team that is being um, going through major, major challenges themselves? Yeah, no, it's... a. Uh... I, well, when this all started, we were, uh, our manager created a labor pool, which we were going to participate in and be uh, dispersed to do screenings. I was a little apprehensive. Honestly, there was uh, there, there were still kind of the manner in which we were going to don and off and put the protective PPE on was uh, still evolving. I'm uh, good friends with a vascular surgeon who has a significant background in infectious diseases, and he was giving me a, a lot of advice on what to do properly, what not to do. It, in my own personal opinion, it seemed as if the hospitals were, uh, the policies and procedures were evolving based upon equipment that was available, uh, mm. protection equipment. So I, I, I took a step back and did not want to participate in the, some of the early parts of it as far as uh, ER and the more high risk areas. Uh, since then though, they've, uh, they've got to really dial in, we've got everything we need, what you should wear, how you should put it on. And I've, I've uh, spent a couple of days in the ER at the ambulance entrance. And uh, this is a little apprehensive at first, but once you get in the camaraderie that is occurring in there, uh, it's infectious. You cannot help but want to be part of it. There's ambulance, so we're right by the ambulance bay. They'll come in. We'll go out and check the temperatures, ask questions of the paramedics, the patient. And then it's determined if they have a fever, any symptoms, whether or not they would go into what we're uh, designated as a purple zone and uh, it's a COVID area. There's uh, reverse air and process. You have to go in through a, a double door to get in and, and dress in there. And we're, we're, we're right next to that. So we'll also uh, assist the physicians and nurses, respiratory therapists who are going to be going in, help make sure they dress properly, mm -hmm. put everything on the correct sequence and, and tape their uh, gloves around their their gowns so there's no skin exposed and then they'll during spend four hours in there a shift in there is four hours and it's the n95 masks are not really easy for you that's hot and 
it's, uh, it's so uh, admirable to see them going in there. So they see young nurses with children at home. And, uh, so it's infectious will be part of the siting. And then they come out four hours later, and at that point you're helping them get undressed properly, taking out the food and car, and then they're, they're anxious and they're eager. And these are smart people and they're making mistakes. So, uh, so yeah, helping them undress. And it's, it's, I've enjoyed it, being part of it, but uh, being part of the arts. Uh, so they've done a good job. But you can, the mood's different, people are more solemn. You know, it's hard to tell if people are smiling out with masks, but uh, you can tell in their eyes and their expressions, people, people are stressed, people are solemn. Yeah, and, and, and that is also something that I can see, and, and it's kind of understandable as, the, as, as, as days are adding up and uh, time between for rest is um, not adequate necessarily, right? Because you, you're having tremendous sacrifice that you have to make. So, if you don't mind sharing just some few things that really happened just for you with already grown up children, how your life is being impacted, and now, of course, looking for those who have smaller children and uh, cannot see them and their families that did not see forward a month or um, opportunity to have these interactions or have a comfort from their family. They're constantly comforting others. They don't have the outlets and support. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that side of not only vulnerability, but the pain points that you're seeing and opportunities that we can truly offer and escalate uh, and, and provide, even if it's just a virtual offerings to support uh, one another? Sure, no, no it's going. I've spoken quite a bit about this. It's some great ideas. Uh, personally, my experience has been, I, at the hospital, if I'm not at the hospital, I'm at my, at my back at home, and uh, this is the first week or so, the, the self-isolating, I, I was not that cognizant of how important it was, and uh, a couple of days into it, a couple of people I was dating had mentioned that uh, they wouldn't be able to see me anymore, or they wouldn't be able to visit, and a little uh, hurt initially, but after sleeping on it, it realized how important it is. Uh, I've been you're my place for a month or else at the hospital. And it's challenging. Uh, there's all different scenarios. I can't imagine it's probably real difficult in the house with a couple of small children and keeping them entertained. But uh, throughout all this, whatever we can do to uh, stay positive and keep mm -hmm. focused, this will end at some point. And uh, hopefully as we go through this, we see who we really are and learn from it and become better people throughout it. Uh, there's so many opportunities now to stay in touch virtually communicate and take care of ourselves. So I, I found myself the first few weeks reading more news than I probably should have and receiving mm -hmm. phone calls from family and friends that know I'm in the hospital asking questions and really reticent to, to uh, disclose to them how serious it is, but still try to caution them. And you know, at the end of the day, given so much that you're not taking care of yourself, so it's important that we all really an emphasis on taking care of ourselves, also recharging. I made a mistake last week and had worked a number of days in a row, some different hours, and my sleep schedule was off. I hadn't slept much four or five days, and I've been doing this a long time. I should know better, but uh, it began raining and got, in, got in a little accident, didn't, and on my way home in the car on the freeway, and didn't hurt anybody, but uh, who knows, maybe it would have been a little better reflexes with some more rest, but uh, yeah, take care. 
Thank you for sharing. And then the level of vulnerability, how often even small things when we underestimate, right? How far and how we can go and what is our threshold and what's the threshold of our capacity, not only physically, mentally, but also emotionally. And something that I'm seeing a lot of people are talking about, you know, about just emotional intelligence concepts per se, but they're not taking consideration emotional capacity. And some of that capacity on individual level was not tested all to now, right? Uh, with this level of extreme and this level of consecutive numbers of days, imagine now also how is that impacting and affecting whole team and dynamics that you're dealing with when you go in with in your shift and uh, with people around you. And one of the reasons I'm bringing this up, I'm seeing sacrifice is such a, a great uh, to the level that people did not initially realize because they did not anticipate this is going to be this long and is going to continue. Uh, you guys in self-isolation because of profession you're in and you chose to serve others, but isolation also when you do come off the shift, off the clock in your own environment, you by yourself because um, it's unsafe to, as you mentioned, bring that to your loved ones or the, that are vulnerable uh, and also that possibly have a risks um and of course that leads to so many different things and also how people respond around um do you mind sharing i believe uh, you had a very interesting encounter uh when you were trying to call uber if i recall correctly uh you know it's like people also responding differently when they see you 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 are frontline workers some people are excited they're cheering like here in colorado which you're every uh, evening at 8 p.m. Uh, for all the uh, frontline workers and definitely healthcare providers. But then you, you're running into a situation where you're not necessarily being very much so welcome. Do you mind sharing that? No, sure. It's, it's, uh, it has uh, become much more palpable over the last couple of weeks. I was uh, on call a couple of nights earlier in the week at a, a another facility doing a moonlighting and uh, had gotten called in for a cerebral angiogram late at night. and couple of days after I injured my car, so I was Ubering, and uh, got down, did the case, uh, and gosh, it was probably almost one in the morning. First thing you want to do after that is just get home and get out of the, get out of the, done with the case, get home, got to be back to hospital the next day. And called for an Uber, and he, he was there about 10 minutes later, and he had his uh, whole front seat, back seat, partition off the saran wrap, so he made, tried to make his own barrier. And I'm cognizant of the fact right now that if I'm in scrubs, it gets people's attention much more than it ever did. And my routine has been to go to the hospital and clean scrubs, change when I get there, change out of those scrubs when I leave, change my shoes, and then uh, put clean scrubs on before I leave. So I got in his car, had clean scrubs on, and, and he seemed a little hesitant. I, and I mentioned to him that uh, hey, these are clean scrubs, You're, I'm okay. And his response was, you know what, I'm having trouble with my tire. I've had it all night. I, I, I can't take you. It, was, mm. it, it seemed fairly obvious. It was because I was in the scrubs and he was concerned, which I understand, but uh, yeah, I could really start to sense some prejudice. Or, you know, mm -hmm. I sensed it walking into a convenience store even with scrubs on. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a... Uh, 
Too when scared. we have a fear of unknown, when we have a fear of unknown, right. people respond differently. I think it's really good and important to set up healthy boundaries and if they have a choice. And it's all about how do we present that. But it's also good to show the other side of that, that is not always everything great uh, and necessarily positive, even though you sacrifice a lot and do a lot, you're not going to always run into people that will respond possibly uh, positively and look at that in a way uh, maybe that I would or, or a majority of population. Um, and we also don't know their story. We don't know who they go to home to and right. what they're risking on the line and what they're trying to minimize the hazards and also do they have a pre-existing conditions. So I really feel like this calls a great uh, dialogue and opportunity to look at things holistically and engage in a ways that, as you said, you didn't have a temper tantrum and you did not judge and, and you called another Uber, but reality is right now we, we have to um, stay grounded as much as we can and be kind with it with each other, with one another. Wouldn't you say that? Correct. No. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a true cooler heads prevail, but uh, yeah, this is an experience that none of us have ever gone through. None of us we don't know what chances fade. It's all rolling out to a stage of age. People that don't handle change are probably not dealing with this real well. But uh, yeah, whatever you can do to stay focused and stay kind, of give and really extend some grace to those around you. As as Bill mentioned, we don't know what they're going through. We don't know what the family situation is, and it's affecting people in so many different ways. Financially, there's a fear of uh, job loss. Uh, Home security, are they going to report? How are they going to take care of it? Everyone's dealing with many different, on different levels. So, whatever we can do, we've been in healthcare, we're used to this, we need to keep ourselves healthy and our heads straight and be a good resource. Take care of ourselves, but still encourage people, make sure we're looking out, even outside the hospital. That's fantastic. And, and that is kind of, um... Uh, it's a great mindset, obviously, to have. So I'm sure you are being great role model to your peers and colleagues, um, not only because of your position, but also seniority and the wisdom and experience and how the past very challenging situations in personal life have prepared you for, for magnitude of something like this. And what would you advise for people that are dealing and working in high crisis environment uh, what 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 they should uh, take in consideration? Maybe one or two points that you see and know are being very very effective. I think uh, well, just uh, make sure that you know what all the expectation policy procedures. Looking out for your teammates, uh, and, and then there's there was a I think it was written by a nurse that had gone through the Ebola plague and was premises of it in a pandemic pandemic and nothing's an emergency that take a step back uh, make sure you're making right decisions make sure you have all your proper PPE on and then and then go forward so uh, it's really just and I don't know how to explain it. I've been doing this for so many years I sold medical devices for a long time where I was in the operating room with surgeons doing vast large vascular surgery cases in the vascular and seen iliac arteries rupture and patients begin to extenuate not do real well real quickly and panic or and then there's one or two people that keep their head together and walk that through person through the room on how to deal with it and it creates a peace and calmness through the room 
I got lost on my question there. So important to stay that grounded force, right? Uh, that yes. is, that yes. is a yes. component. But that being good in what you do, but also if you're not grounded, if you're exuding crisis, then you're just adding more uh, fire, oil to the fire, as they say, right? You're escalating it. Right. And, and, and don't be too hard. Give yourself some uh, latitude, too, during this time. Don't be huh? too hard on yourself. I, I have that tendency to uh, expect a lot of myself and be very critical afterwards, but give yourself some latitude these, during these times. That's uh, fantastic. That's fantastic. Great advice. And, and, and when you mentioned also earlier uh, how it's also important how we show up externally, uh, one of the things that really, as, we, as we're watching and monitoring, and maybe not every day or not whole day, but for parts of it, just to be informed, just to see what's going on. We're seeing a lot of different changes state to state, right? California, how it's handling things versus here in Colorado versus in New York and expectations. What would be uh, some really good piece of advice for you for anybody in the United States, but also around the world during this current events? Um, something that uh, you see is not only helping you to survive day to day uh, with all the challenges you're exposed to, right? But then also to really thrive and have that strong sense of groundness and peace that you exude right now as we're speaking. Right. Now, you know what's helped me, and I'm fortunate that I get to the hospital. Uh, I'm, well, I like to be around people, so, so, I, so the home, being at home, so the energy, I, what I've gotten out of being there, and just, just seeing how people uh, step up and really shine during these times, it's uh, it, it's infectious, you know, it uh, spreads to everybody else. So that's that been great for me. And then the, at home, get a standard routine, which I'm not real good at. <laughs> I give advice, I don't follow my own advice. So, uh, <laughs> Don't we all? I know what I should be Maybe get to bed at the same time every night, eat healthy, do whatever exercise you can. Uh, maybe, I guess, it's time the things I've done when life's been tough. Create a gratitude list. Do, uh, maybe journal. Look at some different things that you wanted to do that you haven't incorporated in your life. Some, some healthy outlets. To, mm -hmm. Maybe journal would be great to look back at this and see how you handled it. Uh, how you progress and improve throughout this. That is very, very true because as we both know, increase of domestic violence and issues and abuse, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, mentally, obviously, and um, so much more. But then also uh, we're looking and I was just laughing. I have a lot of Canadian friends and they're talking already statistically from government level how much Canadians and consuming alcohol. So we were just having the jokes around. It's like, okay, you guys in Canada and then you guys in the United States. So it was a little bit like friendly banter, but um, uh, sometimes we go towards things that comfort us, but make sure obviously that are healthy ones, as you just mentioned, right? And um, right. that we're- I mean, everything in moderation. I think that the, <laughs> you've got the, the alcohol and, and other uh, substances that people use to manage this, I know that increase exponentially. I've read some articles about it. Uh, and I, it, there's a lot of time on people's hands. Uh, they just got their stimulus checks, so yeah, they've got money to blow by it. Boy, just try not to go down that road. <laughs> I'm sure I've thought about that even. The uh, poor children that are in families are, are not a good place to be during the day and maybe don't get meals or even addicts that rely on a AA or something like that. It's, 
everybody's experiences are different levels. So yeah, it's tough, tough time, but we'll get through it. We'll get through it. Be we'll better. get through it. And specifically when we know it, when we definitely what we're dealing with and then finding proper resources that a lot of stuff that are still available, obviously virtually. Um, and obviously, as you said, getting through it and moving forward towards the future, what 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 do you see is happening in their future? Uh, what what is your take on it, and what would be your piece of advice in terms of, you know, obviously this is something we're going to be living with for a while. Um, most likely, we're not going to have solution and vaccination anytime soon. Uh, mm -hmm. We obviously have to adopt, and our new normal will be walking with the mask on our face. I couldn't believe right. that I'm going to go to the bank. And instead of drive through or something was going on that I had to come in and I was like, I am going to the bank with the fully face mask. And I had a sunglasses that I actually took at least they could see my <laughs> eyes, but we're just this crazy moment in epiphany. I was like, time changed. <laughs> yeah. It's so peculiar. I, I, yeah. With the mask, working in the hospital, I wear masks all day. The first thing I want to do is take them off when I get out. And I've been scolded a few times lately. I, I, I guess we need to keep up on our, the rules uh, better. I, I didn't know that the masks were so important earlier in the week, but uh, yeah, it's gonna. Be, I don't know. Gosh, it, who knows what it's gonna be like? Right, the restaurants gonna be different. You're not gonna have. The governor was talking, or the uh, Newsom was talking about that earlier in the week, uh, and I don't think they even know yet how it's gonna roll out. Mm -hmm. I think people are gonna be apprehensive about going out for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be interesting, but. What's kind of the, the journaling or the, the, the gratitude list is focus on how good things are going for us right now. We're kind of got the handle on this. In some areas, the surge has not become as uh, bad as we anticipated. Uh, a lot of people are healing. A lot of people are recovering from this. That's fantastic. And it's not much focus on that. It's too much focus, of, unfortunately, on all the negative uh, that is happening and that kind of overweights. And I'm glad you mentioned that importance of sharing the positive news, what communities are doing, what different companies are doing to uh, establish or support or help out. So, yes, focusing on greater good is essential, isn't it? Oh, yeah, there's, there's too much uh, fear-based motivation out there. Earlier this week, uh, I saw back when we received some of the 45 minute uh, screenings, which has really uh, affected the flow of the patients. So the patient comes in previously and they had uh, symptoms labeled as a PUI, person investigation, would take three days possibly before they were ruled out. Uh, now, if they're ruled out within 45 minutes, you can triage them to maybe a lower level of treated care, not to the, and it just, it alters, it makes it much easier. We had, I think, nine patients in the hospital Thursday to yesterday, so possibly that's do some uh, testing that came back. And so as this continues and the testing improves, uh, it'd be nice if they are able to check more readily uh, plasma. Uh, it, it'll get easier to manage. It'll get better and better. <laughs> I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged about this. I agree. And I'm glad that uh, you feel the same way. Me too, as well, because we have way too many smart people and uh, people in, in people's tendency are to be good and, and to do good and, and, and to provide uh, good to others. So on that note, uh, what can you tell us? Uh, how is the best to support you guys in the hospital for for the individuals or organizations outside that say, you know, we want to do a few initiatives 
and what those initiatives will make tremendous difference in your day when you are there for 12, 14 hours, day after day, uh, not having chance to obviously go home or shop or cook or clean. So what what is that that makes smile make you smile and makes you really feel connected? Because as you mentioned, mask is barrier, not only for we don't see each other's smiles. A lot of right, times right. because of different devices, we don't necessarily even see the eye contact and eyes necessarily, right? So now we really appreciate that face-to-face -face interaction, seeing the smile, seeing the eye contact, but also seeing beyond the messages from others and great gestures. So share some of those great gestures uh, or messages that you experienced. Sure. I mean, it's, uh, once again, I think when we go through these things in life, if you can... Uh, as you're going through it, maybe evaluate a situation. Well, I would have not had this opportunity had this not occurred. It was terrible this happened. Well, I got to meet this person that I probably never would have met. I've spent a number of hours over the last couple of weeks during screenings. They'll generally have two of us at a station uh, screening with somebody that I would have never met otherwise. I've met, I've met some really, really nice people and. Uh, that's great. And I've been in a position too uh, where I'm seeing a lot of people come in through the, maybe the employee entrance and or the ambulance. Uh, it's, it's nice. It's, uh, we were talking last night about this. I see people coming in a little, little song and I've been trying to give them a smile, whatever, give them to. Uh, and, and they want, I think people are craving that. I think the, the, this mask or anything that's caused everybody to pull back, there's not human touch any longer. So whatever we can do to find ways to break beyond that. Um, I've, I've, we've talked as well, we're talking about this, I've talked to some of the nurses that are coming in. I think a lot of people too are, are really a bit hesitant or reluctant to bring up the fact that maybe they're scared or mm -hmm. they got things on their mind because we're in a field, maybe even guys more so, <laughs> in the ego that uh, we don't want to show that we're worried or scared or in our field, we don't want to debate that. So we can look out maybe for signs from our colleagues that they're anxious to pull. Try to, try to reach out to people. I, talk, I reached out to a few nurses that come through yesterday discussing what we're doing here, and they're all really excited to have an outlet. Sometimes they don't feel safe at the hospital talking about how they really feel, the fear of retribution. So I, I think this would be tremendous to really pull people together and help them find an outlet and discuss this. And for all everybody that is watching what we're actually hiding here and what we're talking about, it's time to having this private group for um, healthcare workers uh, that they can have an outlet and support and opportunity to really be vulnerable and get so much uh, from people that are skilled, capable to really hold the space for them and uh, opportunity also to share because guess what when we share we collectively learn from each other and, and we obviously have a time sharing now so many beautiful things and pointed moments um but also i remember through our conversation you tom mentioned how many people are externally caring and bringing care packages and delivering the food and also little notes and messages even they don't necessarily know each other or know who is necessarily working there they don't have a necessarily their loved ones but they know they're neighbors and they want to be very neighborly. I had somebody telling me, Isabella, we got fresh baked cookies and we were like almost slapped. We shouldn't be taking anything from outside. And, and there was this note showing that, that like how they did making sure that it's sanitized and everything is done proper. You know, even though sometimes the best intentions, right, we get stuck into rules and policies and procedures, 
but reality right. people want to connect and we people care oh, yeah. generally people oh, yeah. care. we've had a lot of that actually uh, when this first began uh local home depot uh, backed up to one thing with a huge truck of different supplies goggles and, and different things that we may need during this time uh we've had so many people drop off masks people that have made that made their own masks and they'll go through a process where they're evaluated and packaged to determine if they're safe to be used in face or just they're good for outside uh gosh people drop off food there's uh i was at one of the entrances yesterday and there was a big uh, collage of uh notes and colors that the uh, children children that caught my eye probably more than anything yesterday was a big thing that children had made individually thinking healthcare workers so yeah a lot of uh things people are doing for one another i, I even as far as uh groceries or it's tough to get some of the supplies we need right now you know, some of the people i work with there's a couple of guys that love to go to costco so they'll pick up things for other people and exchange the hospital's done this that's nice they've uh, created a pop-up market they're calling it down the cafeteria as you might imagine things are different in the cafeteria and that we're not serving ourselves any longer the options are the limit maybe only one entree and it has to be provided to you we sit at a table by yourself we work night thanks wow. to each other sit at a table by yourself now be able to socialize <laughs> and share the meal with right. your friends after a stressful day wow right you all by yourself there but uh they have a number of items that i think people were having hard time getting toilet paper crazy toilet paper thing uh paper towels fruits vegetables which is nice the hospital has made that very convenient for people i know i've i was speaking to somebody i was working with yesterday and if we've left the hospital you pour in your market and there's line outside it's like yeah it's not that important forget it you know go home but it's nice you can grab the hospital before you go yeah not a lot of nights and things they've done that uh help it's the little things right now that people notice you know, which is probably a really good lesson for all of us to, especially here in crazy california where we go to go and pretty uh materialistic society it's maybe not a some some good will come out of this people will take a step back and realize what's important family friends uh, health life not all this stuff life yeah yes and quality <laughs> of it right and 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 how and then also how do we show up which really brings the the great point and i know you you are very driven as being as a father and as being as a role model in and not only in your own personal life but also professionally i'm curious what would you like uh for your legacy to be uh what would you like to be remembered by because obviously you are a veteran in industry you've been exposed to hospitals over the years in so many different departments and different geographic regions you established so many relationships your goal was always to help right and now you yeah. have to be on front line and wanted to do that to remainder of your professional career but i know you're doing uh so many different things with that so uh you're not doing that obviously based from ego you're doing that from heart it's heart centered and uh, if you take us just a second to reflect, what would you be super excited to say, Isabel? I feel like I made it. I created tremendous success in my life because I accomplished this. What would be that? Uh, personally, it would have to be my the three children that I haven't raised, and uh, they're all doing well and successful, and uh, married, and there were never any issues with drugs, and we're very fortunate that way. So it have to be the, the, the children on the personal side. 
And then professionally, no matter what uh, trial or what we're going through, to have always been able to be exude a sense of calm, it's always maintain integrity and character as you're going because what life is, right? We're going to go through different trials and tribulations. We all have, but it's how you uh, it's how you respond to them during that time and how there's times where you, you get your tail kicked, you got to get back up. But it's, it's about how you rebound, how you come back, and, uh, what you learn, and how strong you come back, and better and just. To be somebody that no matter what was going on, it was a good resource, uh, honest. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. Help people, always there for somebody. Who needs that's something. fantastic. That's fantastic, Tom. So, uh, any, anything else that you'd like to share in the closing? Because this was tra tremendously um, enlightening, and thank you for sharing from your perspective. And again, thank you for being that anchor. And I'm looking forward to. Um, continue our dialogue. I'm sure as things are progressing, will be more great stories and information to share. Uh, and then looking forward to meeting your colleagues uh, in the group setting where we can really do collectively more together uh, and contribute in meaningful ways. Last, last thing. I mean, I oh gosh, we'll take it on so. But seriously, no. But please, uh, please continue to follow the rules out there. Uh, socially isolate. I know it's not fun. I've been doing it. I don't like it, but it's a responsible thing to do. I cannot, I've been invited by people to come over in good conscience. I cannot go be around anybody for who knows how long. I cannot look myself if I was a vector that carried this to somebody. And I, and I see that people getting a little lax with that right now. And I, whatever you can do to make it manageable yourself. I had a long conversation with somebody that I know real well last night about social isolating who wasn't uh, following the rules. I just think it's very responsible. We're all out here working really hard, really hard and, and next level, you know, putting ourselves out to keep all you safe the best we can. And whatever you can do to help us to keep doing that, please do, <laughs> please. That's something that the only thing that really irritates me about all this is uh, people that don't follow that. But uh, I don't want to see anybody, any of my colleagues or friends not make it through this because we can follow the rules. So it's not that hard. <laughs> That is such a beautiful point and a great message, a great perspective, because a lot of times people think, oh, this is what I can get away with it. It's not about what you can get away uh, and, 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 and why you think how you can still go, go party or go out or be careless. Uh, but when you're not taking responsibility, you truly don't know what domino effect you're creating and how much already overworked frontline workers as well, family members or friends or people in community that uh, you will directly and indirectly negatively affect. And um, we're all in this together, right? So we need to, oh, we yeah. need to do our part. We need to do our part. Uh, and we're lucky we can be in our own home and uh, not have the level of pressure and stressor as you guys are having. So absolutely is our duty and responsibility to do our part as well. All right. That's no, thank so you. Powerful, oh, Tom. Thank you so much. Great having you. I'm looking forward uh, talking to you soon. Cheers. Thank you.